All right, we got a lot of info. Let's go for it. A year to pet. <laughs> Already fucked up. A year from now is an independent podcast with a strange rollout. Basically, it's a pay-as-you-go model. I make five or six episodes, then gather some more money so I can take time off to make the next five or six episodes. Each batch requires about two thousand dollars to make. Basically, I take off work for a month, live like a hermit, and edit for about thirty days straight. Check the show's socials to see how much more money we need to make the next batch of episodes. I have thirty-five episodes planned and seven batches of them, and they are amazing stories. Beautiful people have given me so much to be able to learn from their experiences, all that stuff. So hit it up. Please help out. Thank you very much. Also, the music in this episode was done by Dawview, a improvisational experimental music thing I'm part of. You can watch the process on YouTube. Link in the show notes. All right, Matthew, go for it. Matthew. This episode is about love, kind of. A young man is going to drive halfway across the country to visit his Zoom girlfriend, whom he has only known for about a month. Will the spark turn into a larger fire? I don't know. Well, I actually do know. But at this point in the episode, no one knows. And to start things off, I thought it'd be nice to profile kind of the opposite of a love story. There was a show that has recently had a bit of a resurgence. It's called Two Fat Ladies, a British cooking show, part travel show. And it starred two fat ladies touring the UK, making incredibly British food or making non-British food very Britishly. It aired in the 90s. All this squishing is lovely and probably does your hands a lot of good. That's Jennifer Patterson sinking her deeply colored fingernails into a, a meat mixture for a roast meatloaf. All the perfumes of Arabia will not sweeten these little hands, but never mind. Jennifer is my favorite of the two, if I had to pick, which you don't, by the way. She's kind of everything that I'm not. Oh God, you know what? Something what? just struck me. What? This day and age, they'll probably be vegetarians. I am vegetarian, and I'm trying to learn how to make um, soy <laughs> yogurt, which she would hate. But she was great. She drank. She smoked. Mm. You could get expelled for that, you know. I don't care. Haven't smoked all day. Not allowed to in there. Her co-host, Dixon Wright, was sober. Wright had a difficult childhood and drank so much her adrenal gland was damaged. You're a good girl. You've given it up. Yes, I've given it up now. Her adrenal gland was damaged not by the two bottles of gin a day that she said she drank for 12 years, but the four pints of tonic, which contained quinine. But maybe I shouldn't say that amount of gin had little to do with her health. I'm sure it wasn't helpful. Anyway, Two Fat Ladies came out in the 90s and was exactly what that starved decade needed. And 20 years later, still starving ourselves, they're still needed. Jennifer Patterson didn't care what you thought and indulged without guilt. Or at least that's what it looked like. She was a devoted Catholic and a bit of a paradox, with all the smoking, drinking, and she was a friend to the gay community. But her faith kind of makes sense to me. I picture her praying, talking to God, like two colleagues trading stories about humanity. Have you heard what they've done this week? One question she got time and time again was why she had not married. Her answer was, I don't think that I ever required to get married. I think I was a bit of an old pirate. Or my favorite. Sex is only an excuse for cuddling. 
And in response to her singledom, she said, I enjoy it more and more, especially the more I see of unhappy married couples. It's odd quoting her, because without her voice, I don't know, her voice was everything. <laughs> and I think that this woman who never got married can teach us partnering people quite a lot about the subject. Jennifer was a public figure, perhaps my quick mini profile is off base, but to the viewing public, she was the embodiment of what we want out of a relationship, the ability to be yourself. As a single person, she, to me at least, shows exactly what a relationship should be, a way of heightening oneself. It's obvious you should be with someone who makes you feel good about yourself and lets you be that person. But obvious truths aren't easily learned. And I'm not even sure we learn. Maybe we just change. Doesn't matter. Along the way, there are wonderful, delicious things. Well, cheers. Cheers, dear. And to the Almighty, I think. And very much to the Almighty. Hello, I'm Matthew Schneeman, and welcome to A Year From Now. Did I say the name yet? Here's the name of the show, A Year From Now. I interview someone about to do something big, then a year later, or multiple years, I interview them again. Pretty simple show. This is Michael. I met him on Reddit. He was doing an Ask Me Anything about doing a cross-country road trip to meet a girl that he had just recently started dating over Zoom. They were going to the same university and he was making the trip and I want to see how it was going to go. Did you say that you met this person uh, during a Zoom class? Yeah, kind of. Okay, let's when... start right there. How, how, did, how did you two get acquainted? Alright, so so as, as people of my generation do, when you get accepted to college and you're going to that college, you kind of have this wave of following people on Instagram that are also going to that college. Do you remember the first contact? It's through Instagram. So I have the the actual record of our, our, our what I we're I know, that's about. amazing. <laughs> this was all, all the way back in April. So yeah, so she said, she said, hey, looks like we are going to school together. I forgot to come up with a pseudonym for this lady. She knows about the podcast and everything, but we're not using her name. Talked about music tastes for a while. Yeah? What, what's she into? Um, she's into, like, feminist uh, punk. She likes ABBA. Well, I love um, ABBA. Oh, me too. I just um, learned that ABBA, they had really weird outfits, in part because Sweden had a rule that in order for costumes to be tax deductible or like uh, they had to be so outrageous you wouldn't they wouldn't be considered normal clothing <laughs> <laughs> so like oh. they they had to make them like just weird enough yeah that's that's brilliant yeah and uh, she's also she's also a big fan of the clash which was kind of where we connected because i am a big fan of the clash ah that's where you clash wait no that's where you didn't clash <laughs> Ooh, okay, let's jump a little bit further up on the <laughs> chronology. Oh, okay. So we both, we share one class. And so we were in that class. She made a particularly interesting point. Ooh, what'd she so, say? Oh, I don't remember. This was, this was two <laughs> weeks ago. So I said something along the lines of, that was an interesting point. Uh, we talked about that for a while, like the, specifically the lecture and like what we were, the point that she made. 
The mysterious um, point that we'll never know because it wasn't documented as the entirety of the rest of your life as a uh, Gen Z or what, what's your generation name at this point? I mean, I mean, some some people joke uh, and say like, oh, we're the quarantines. The quarantines. I, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Talked about like how hard it is to make friends. And so that I think that kind of like sparked like a, oh, well, I guess I will like make an effort to like be friends. Right. That's sweet. At what point do you uh, shift from just being like friends, maybe having a crush to like saying something out loud? You realize that you're talking for so long that you're just like, this isn't how long I talk to some, like, even though you're saying things that sound like normal friends, you know, what'd you think of like? Not think more like four to five hours. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't just like discuss um, Wolverine or uh, I don't know. Oh my god, I feel so old. I just assumed kids were into comic book movies. So we were talking, and I was like, well, maybe I'll just, like, drive down and see you. And she seemed, like, very receptive to that. Even if even if this doesn't go anywhere, uh, which I hope it does, even if it doesn't, I, I, I enjoy making people happy, and... and in particular, I, I do care about this this lady, and uh, I would like to see her happy. And so, eh. Yeah. I thought, I thought, why not, you know? Why drive 17 hours to meet someone you've known for two weeks? That means Michael will drive for 20% of the time that he has known her, if I did my math right. Mm, I don't know about your math, but your fact-checking's wrong. Michael says he knew her for about a month. I'll continue. Well, the reason is there are other reasons. Yeah. Um, you said something that you wanted to try to be more impulsive. Are you not an impulsive person? I, I generally doubt just how things end up going. Like you talk yourself out know. of adventures and yeah. ideas? Absolutely. Like I'll, I'll come up with this great idea and this plan and I'll think, no, this would never happen. And, and it's going to fail. Like there's, there's... You know, the I always I always think of like a cost benefit, mm. and I it always seems like the costs of an adventure outweigh the benefits. This comes from his dad. His dad is very practical. Give us an example, Matthew. Okay, when Michael was going to start university, his dad thought that Michael was being irrational or impulsive because he got an apartment for his first year of college, which was remote. So his dad thought he should have stayed home and saved money. Well, Michael. I knew for myself that I would not be able to do very well. Um, the the school working environment at home would not have been very productive for me. Mm. Which to me, hey, fuck. <laughs> I'm not that big of a fuck up. But to me, he sounds like he's being very mature. Like his rebellion is fiscal. <laughs> Well, mine was, uh, had other terms. I would say that he thinks in a very logical way, and that's definitely something that he has instilled upon me and my siblings as being like the right way to think is always think like very detached emotionally. I think that is more of the disconnect in that um, sometimes like living life and, and 
having stories to tell means doing things that are not necessarily in your best interest. Yeah, they never are. I mean, that's... Have you ever gone on like a, a vacation where nothing went wrong? Like that's that's what you tell people about, you know. <laughs> well, you're, I mean, I went on. I've, most of the vacations I've been on have been with my dad. So. <laughs> so this trip is is kind of a big thing. It's not it's not just like a romantic like I got a crush on this like wonderful cute lady I met, but also. You're bucking the the instinct your dad has instilled in you about, like... But his dad isn't the only reason. When Michael was born, he was momentarily starved of oxygen, which was pretty lucky. Lucky? Lucky, because Michael was fine. But he did have to go to the NICU, and while he was there, they detected a heart condition. It's not life-threatening, if you know about it. So lucky for Michael, he did. But, But the one thing that does trigger it is caffeine. And so I once had like an eighth, maybe a quarter of Red Bull and my heart rate. That is the one time in my life I felt like I've had to call 911 because my heart was absolutely off the rails. So fear for his heart may have made Michael more cautious. So this trip would be, there's probably a pun in there. (laughs) Something. If you can't think of a pun for that, I, I think we uh, we might be out of running there. How, how your broken heart healed your heart. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. I loved my talk with Michael. He laughed at my jokes. I have one email I sent to myself that says, how come it doesn't hurt when we sit down? <laughs> <laughs> I loved how he told me about his favorite note-taking app. Um, there's, a, there's a really great app called Notion. It's free. You can you can upload files to it with hyperlinks. And it's, anyway, <laughs> I'll, I can go on a whole tangent about this. But Oh, man. We talked about grammar and got kind of lost. In grammar, that would be the past. Perfect. Me in the past. I have... And me in the past has... Matthew, we're very quickly diminishing our chances <laughs> for this award. And I got excited for his trip. But yeah, it was it was wonderful talking with you. It was a delight. Um, and I hope you have a good year. I'll send you a follow-up email. And then almost two years passed. I got bogged down by everything. Um, what happened in the past two years? Everything. You know what happened. I was thinking about doing one of those news montages that tells the story of the past year or two. Breaking news, the elections are in. Pittsburgh makes call for Biden. California is on fire. Henry Styles is really popular now. I don't know. Um, Kanye West. It's funny thinking of what you think other people would think of news. For me, the year is much different. Um, I, I kept up with all the national politics, but... Matthew kept up with the national politics. Anyway, I caught back up with Michael. Now he's a sophomore in college. All right, there you are. I'm now recording. Uh, it's been a year. How, how have you been? Uh, it's been a year. Pretty good. Part of that year, Michael got COVID and he lost his sense of taste. But he told me this interesting observation. Chocolate 
though you couldn't taste it, still had an effect. The only the only way I can really describe it is that it just like kind of brightened my mood. Like it just kind of made me happier. Um, Out of all the COVID ads, I wish one of them was like Snickers, even if you can't <laughs> taste it. <laughs> <laughs> well um we can't spend too much time on this uh yeah God, that's so funny uh the girl you drove uh halfway across the country maybe it was just a, a quarter yeah how'd that um, go in the spirit of of risk aversion or lack of risk aversion and and trying to like get out of my comfort zone within about an hour of driving my check engine light came on and I, I thought to myself, well, I can either keep going or I can turn around. And I kept going. And so I drove in total 17 hours with a check engine light on. Wow. And this is something that may not be a big deal for most people. I, I, I totally get that. That is not a that's not a huge thing for a lot of people. But yeah, <laughs> that was that was uh, that was uh, the first few hours. I was like, oh, my car is going to like break down. Something awful is going to happen. But drove all the way there with the check engine light on, and um, eventually, when I when I turned the car on to go back, it turned off. It wasn't there anymore. And and what happened when when you showed up? Um. Yeah. She was happy to see me. I was happy to see her. Um. Her family was was lovely and, and welcoming, and and we we got along real well, IRL. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I I spent two days, three days, just like chilling out. Did you make out? <laughs> Give us some we- details. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm I'm. Oh yeah, we did. Um, I'll I'll admit that. But uh, yeah, uh, the the bedroom that we slept in had, was right next to her parents' bedroom. <laughs> I was wondering something about that. So so there wasn't uh, there wasn't too much of that. That you slept in? Uh, no. You that slept in her slept room. Up. I did. This is like this is like an interesting setup. Whoa! Same yeah, bed. I was. Yeah. Let's bust down these barriers. I like this. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Uh, her parents were very cool. Tell me if you agree with this. Um, something's only awkward if you if you decide it's awkward, right? Because there's a lot of ways of like making this to be like meet the parents or meet the Falkers or whatever. Right. Like something is only awkward if you like internalize it as being awkward. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like shame. Like you can either feel shame or you cannot. Because I, I think that awkwardness, like acknowledging awkwardness and like kind of trying to not feel it really does like help in being more communicative and like being more present. Thinking about what other people think is necessary, but can be misleading. I once heard this joke or parable about the military where you have two soldiers standing at a bus stop, and one says, should we get on the bus to Montgomery? And the other says, all right. And then they get on the bus, and they end up in Montgomery. 
And the second one says, hey, why'd we come to Montgomery? And the first one says, I thought you said we should. (laughs) Sorry, fake laugh. That story is a little bit different, but in it, you defer if you should go to Montgomery to another person. And I think a lot of times we defer our social mores and even morals to other people. Uh, are, Are you still together or anything like that? We are not. Was it just like a, a nice natural moving apart or w- was it uh, painful, difficult, anything awkward, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of um, abrupt. I realized once I was kind of back in Seattle for a while that being in a relationship wasn't really something I was looking for. And so although I, I like am very glad that I went on the trip and and I I tend not to have regrets so the love story didn't really uh shoot I was gonna ask something else pan out kind of related (laughs) Um, but how do we find our partners (laughs) I went online I don't know what happened and I saw an article there's an article based off a Twitter thread. This is modern journalism or a Twitter post. And it was mostly about how people's grandparents met. There were 30 stories that people tweeted back. Out of the 30, there were four stories about meeting on the bus, four stories where people met at a funeral. Uh, but the most common story, six out of 30, was basically my grandpa was dating someone and then she dumped him. So he started dating her sister. One of them was like a guy tried to went to pick up a, a a lady for a date and she didn't like him, so the mom was like, "Take this one." <laughs> there were five more stories that were basically the same thing, but instead of dating my sister, it was dating my friend. That's eleven stories where they were dating the wrong person at the beginning. So statistically, if you want to fall in love, dump whoever you're dating right now. No, I hope my girlfriend doesn't hear this. I like her so much. I'm joking. It's just love happens. When things line up, you know, and the secret to love, happiness, you know, I think we all know it. It's not about who you're with, but who you are and who they are. If you're happy and they're happy, then y'all are going to be happy. It's marvelous. You wouldn't think it would say powerful, would you? It is very wow. happy. Like Jennifer Peterson <laughs> drinking a rather strong, I think, Brazilian drink. Don't drink too much. Mamma, yo quero. Mamma, yo quero. Mamma, yo quero. Mamma. Da chupeta. Da chupeta. Da chupeta para bebe no chura. Mamma, yo quero. Michael is spreading his wings. He's becoming more adventurous. He's overriding some of his inhibitions. Last year, he did some internet sleuthing and he found his biological mother. Uh, This summer, he's going to Germany for an internship. And so, wherever he ends romantically, should be good. And yeah, I just love this kid. (laughs) I think Bobby could tell. Any follow-up that you need for me? Um, no, I didn't get you. Uh, can you say your name? And uh, I, suppose, uh, I suppose that's it. Hi, I'm Michael. Uh, I'm from Seattle, and I, I drove a combined total of 
34 hours to meet a girl I met online, and we dated for like two weeks. Woo! That's great. If you were a bug, uh, it's like a life partner or something. I remembered really enjoying it last year, and it's, it's been a delight uh, this year as well. And so, thanks so much. Yeah, no, I, I, it was it was a blast. Thank you for uh, reaching out. I'm um, happy to hear from you again. And, and I know we talked a lot about my last year, this call, but I'd, I'd love to have a follow-up email maybe from you about what your past year has been like. Oh, what a sweetheart. We did talk. It was great. And I will see you next year. <laughs> I just come up with our tagline. Uh, This is the first episode I've edited, so see you next year. (laughs) Bye-bye. I'm Matthew Schneeman. Again, the music was uh, done by Musical Exquisite Corpses, a musical music collective that I'm part of. Uh, Link in the show notes. It's a really fun game uh, that you can watch us make these songs. Also, this is an independent podcast, and we need patrons. We need money. Please support if you can. I love doing the show and would like to do more. Thanks to Blue Wing Tip, a YouTube channel that put together a collection of Two Fat Ladies clips. I also got material from the BBC, The Independent, and The Guardian for that opening segment. Thank you very much. See you next year. (laughs) 